they became good Nazis. What's happening? Well, at the centre you've got a strong father figure. That father figure shapes cultures. That father figure schools your conscience to teach you right from wrong according to his own system. That father figure elicits love for himself and for his family. And that father figure specifies judgement and he rejects and destroys those who are outside. It's exclusivist. It operates on shame. Having been brought into that situation with your conscience schooled and your culture shaped and your heart overflowing in love for the father figure, you just try and go against it. And that's why Jesus says on another place, don't call any man father. No, I don't mind if you call your father father. And Jesus doesn't mind if you call your father, father. And he doesn't mind if you call someone your confessor, father or your vicar, father or whatever else. But what he is saying is, don't accord to anyone in your mind and your conscience that sense of total belonging and adoration which only belongs to God. Now, why am I saying this? I tell you, it happens in churches time and again. Is anyone here old enough to remember Jonestown, the massacre? Exactly the same thing. Every sect, every cult, every wacky Gnostic sect that's ever written up, every theosophical piece of stuff that's ever come out of anywhere, somehow schools, trains and inculcates Have you ever been on the outside of the inner ring? You know when you were at school and there were the cool kids who sat at the cool table in the lunchroom and they had cool clothes and they had cool hair and they had cool accoutrements and their parents drove cool cars and you sat on the other table with all of the yobbos. Do you remember that? And Once you've got that inner ring, isn't there a longing to be on the inside and isn't there a sense of exclusivity that says I'm here and you're there and never the twain shall meet and then what if that's just sort of some beckoning sense that you can come over and join our bunch and what happens to you? All of those systems of false fatherhood that we're speaking about all operate on that sort of sense of exclusivity and in the case of Hitler as we've seen the destructive force unleashed on those outside is only matched 
by the inner force of the inner circle which is directed to the Father on the inside. Can you see what I'm saying? That's why I think we just need to be a little bit careful as Christian people of those things which are so much more about the occasion or the atmosphere or the feeling or the emotion than they are about the Gospel. But God's fatherhood is so different. The father who's at the centre of that triune life, he opens himself to his enemies. He doesn't exist in some sort of exclusivist little impenetrable circle. He opens himself up to us, his enemies. Not to bring us shame or to imprison us in fear or to wrap us up in guilt, but to free, to free from the guilt and the shame and the fear by filling us with his love. So that father bears us up in his arms on the cross. Now, how different is that? And what God's doing in redeeming this humanity for himself is aligning us to that fatherhood, not the other fatherhood. And the spiritual battle for that fatherhood, which we've read of just in passing in John chapter 8, lies behind the tensions and strife and jealousy and bitterness across all of the nations of the earth. But we're closing and there is this. Somewhere in all of that mess of wrong fatherhood there is still something that wants to give to its children. And Jesus says, if you then who are evil know how to give give good gifts to your children how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? It's moving from the lesser to the greater. He's not saying God in heaven is like your Father. He's saying if there's any remote speck of goodness in your Father, then imagine that on a cosmic scale, how much more But Luke doesn't leave it just undefined. How much more will your Father from heaven give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And so we've come full circle back to the discussion. How can you know anything of God without the Spirit? How can you understand the scriptures without the spirit? How can you call God Abba, Father, without the spirit? How can you know Jesus is Lord without the spirit? How can you be filled with the fruit of the spirit without the spirit? How can you know that he's come in love, joy, peace, patience and goodness without it being the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience and goodness? And God says, this is what the Father wants to give you. He wants you to know. He wants you to have. 
He wants you to live in the Spirit. Now, I guess here, many of us would be able to look back and say, I remember once I had an experience of the Holy Spirit. I remember once. God doesn't want you to remember once what it was like long back when. How long? This is not to bring you under guilt, it's to us to ask a question in your mind. How long has it been since you said to your Father in heaven, Oh Father, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please give me the greatest of all the gifts. Give me the Holy Spirit. How much more would you do that for me than my Father would give me a good gift? Beloved, we live in God the Father, adopted through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ to be filled with the Spirit of the Father. And I just invite you to call out to him and to ask and to be filled and as Paul says in Ephesians, to be on being filled that you might know the height and length and breadth and depth and know the love of God which surpasses knowledge. We're going to pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you that the wonderful, full and free gift of your spirit is not absent, but you've given us your Son and through him you poured out the spirit that we might call you Abba, Father. We pray that you would fill us, that you would grant to us the joyous gift of refreshing showers of the Spirit's presence. Grant to us, Father, that we may go on in his fullness. Grant to us that we may live in his love and teach us, our Father, in loving you, what it means to love one another in your Son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.